0: Welcome to Season 4, Episode 30 of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Katie, Paul and Jasper from the Feel Good family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome. Thanks for joining us for another week. I know, we're excited this week because we've got a super duper special guest. Yes, something a little bit different. I think this might be something that we look to incorporate into our podcast moving forward, depending on how this one goes, of course. <laughs> yes, that's right. Now, I think you're spot on, Katie.
1: We have been recently looking at ways to really start to seek out some industry experts or people that are, are like us, maybe even doing it differently. We recently were contacted by a family that are sailing the world and said, hey, why don't we have a chat on the podcast? And so we will start to do this every so often. And for our very first guest, it is indeed a special VIP. He's Adrian Toft. How you doing, mate?
2: Yeah, excellent, guys. Thanks for having me Feel privileged to be your first guest and um, look forward to having a chat with you guys.
1: Fantastic, mate. Look, aka Tofty. We love that your nickname is Tofty. And mate, I might just give our listeners a a little bit of a backstory here. You grew up on a sugarcane farm up there in Bundaberg in Queensland. Of course, the best state in Australia. Mm, Love Bundy. So good. And mate, your family started with the Toft Cane Harvester Manufacturing Company. I think it was your grandfather back there that was the inventor. (laughs) Then of course, your dad went on to dedicate his life working with these products in research and development. Uh, You yourself, mate, being a farming lad, uh, went on to travel the world with John Deere. You love your agriculture. You married the girl next door. You've got three beautiful kids. Well, they're, they're or big kids now and you absolutely love your camping mate welcome to the show it is such an honor to have you on
2: no worries yeah no i've looked forward to our chats when i uh, give you guys a call and yeah really thank you for inviting me on here today and to talking about a bit of where i've come from and what i do so no i really appreciate it
0: it's so awesome Adrian. We were just talking actually before we uh, picked up the phone and gave you a call to get you on the podcast about how we actually met you and that was through you touching base with us through our Facebook page, a simple message that basically was words of support and encouragement and that really is how our relationship kicked off and I love that because That was, gosh, 18 months ago now, and we've kept in touch, and we've had the opportunity to meet up with you on the road, meet in person, get to know you, and it's just so awesome to... Connect with other like-minded people, and share that encouragement and I guess that that validation for you know you guys you you got this and you're doing the right things no matter what it is whether it's you know the message you sent to us or whether it's a mate reaching out to another mate, it's so important.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I um, I've always had a passion to probably like we'll call it whatever you like a bit of a. A gifting for me I felt as always to be an encourager and I've learned that a lot of people that are traveling Australia often lose a bit of you know their connections with their families and things like that so I've always found like it's not actually hard to encourage someone or obviously you guys were starting out in those early days and it's quite challenging I'm sure from your end with social media the kickback you can get from, you know, there's positives and there's negatives. So I was really passionate about just trying to encourage you guys to say, you're doing a great job. I could see what you were doing was a little different. And, um yeah, I was just wanting to encourage, keep going. You know, you had a dream, you had a vision, and I'm passionate about those two things that, you know, encouraging people that's the hardest thing is to get out and actually do it and then stick with your vision and follow those dreams. So that's where I probably – got in contact with you guys.
1: Mate, it was the the number one phrase when we were actually starting out because, as you said, you know, we we knew we were committed to, to put in this time and this effort every single week and quite often, I, I guess you can go for quite a long time without any acknowledgement or reward and your phrase was, be encouraged. And Kate and I really grabbed onto that and we were like, yeah, okay, thanks. And- that was all we really needed, was just a bit of encouragement. Yeah, exactly. I think you're
0: right, Paul. It was definitely a turning point for us. It, it flicked a switch, I think, and made us really back ourselves. And I think the other thing it did, which we now are also so passionate about, and I can't wait to talk to you more about this, is the community community. It really made us aware of just how awesome this network is. And as you say, it is there for people who are travelling and perhaps feel a little bit disconnected from their family and friends.
2: Yeah, definitely. I grew up, like, as I said, in Bundaberg on a cane farm. I was lucky enough to marry the girl next door. I lived in a fairly, you know, obviously privileged lifestyle. And one of the things I lived was uh, – less than 100 metres across the road, was the Alloway Country Club. So it's quite funny. I basically learnt community from a pub. And <laughs> what it was… Sounds was very Australian. <laughs> yeah, very Australian. Um, it was quite funny because my parents grew up, they were Salvation Army people, so they used to go around and do a lot of good deeds for people. Wow. Well. Wow. But where I really learned community, which was probably the polar opposite, was actually the local country club where everyone, I knew their nicknames and everyone would come down every Friday night. They'd raise money for different organizations and charities. They would pass the hat around for someone who needed a set of ties. Um, obviously, learned a lot of funny jokes and a bit of humor. And if you know me <laughs> enough, I'm very sarcastic. And um, I think that's where I learned that as well. Yeah but um, the biggest thing I learned was in a community sometimes you can be a bit lost in life or whatever but in that community you'll find someone to encourage you or connect with you or who relates with you and that's probably what I found and, and it's an unusual place to find it but that's where I sort of learned the essence of community and I mean, I had a lot of things happen in our local communities with people separating. I, I, I saw, you know, people lose family members and, and the way the community came together. Or we had bushfires or cane fires, obviously, that got away. And, yeah, so it taught me a lot and, and the importance of community. And for me, that's probably it, – it led me into that passion of doing community work because I, I saw the benefits of that myself.
1: Yeah, look, it is it is such an amazing characteristic, I think, that you can find in Aussies uh, and particularly in the agriculture sector. It seems that as Katie and I have travelled around and we've had our opportunities to, to meet with, stay with and even interview farmers, it blows our mind that it takes an incredibly uh, resilient type of person to become a farmer here in Australia given the environment and all of the pressures that come with that so an incredible platform for you to to grow your passion in this field mate you've also worked with high risk kids and and looking at them with community development tell us a little bit about that
2: yeah well I was fortunate enough to you know again go into business early in life and I'd done a lot of stuff and I was probably sitting around thinking You know, I was looking for a challenge, and obviously in my community in Bundaberg, we had a lot of issues with young people going off the rails and, you know, not opportunities for them like I'd had. And So I went and worked in a a school, and one of the local schools there was North Bundaberg High. Mm -hmm. I myself had been sent to a private school, and um, I left school early. Actually, I wrote to the education department to get an exemption from school because I felt like I was wasting my time there. It wow. was quite fun. Um, I really do believe education gives you freedom. So I obviously had to go back and do some stuff after that. Mm-hmm. But I was sort of that sort of kid. And anyway, I started working with these at-risk kids. And what I quickly learned was, you know, their situation was, Either for no reason and, and none of their own fault, their parents may have separated. They may have lost their mum or dad or something had happened in their life and it put them on a trajectory of, you know, um, self-harm and, and mm-hmm. lots of issues. And it quickly opened my eyes to these guys just need a bit of love, a bit of care and, and just a bit of support but also encouragement. Mm-hmm. And it was incredible to take young people, whether it was canoeing. I, I, I took a bunch of guys on a 42K canoe trip. I, I've had kids in the outback. I've had kids at the beach. But wherever I've taken kids to places and helped and encouraged, and, and that word encouragement, you do, it, a tiny bit of encouragement, mm. I can tell you I've seen kids just absolutely change their life because they got encouraged at the right time. And Wow. The hardest part for me working in schools or working with at-risk kids was you can't fix everyone and you can't be there for everyone and unfortunately for me um i actually burnt myself out after Mm. about 18 months which is typical for a youth worker
1: right
2: i just found so many problems so many issues i had to go to court kids had been you know abused people had suicided all sorts of things Mm. and just a lot of stuff to deal with and again I thought I was equipped. I thought I was, you know, very strong. I thought I had all the the right tools in my toolbox, but I quickly learned that unless you can refer people to the right people, unless you can really genuinely give someone the proper support, you actually make it worse for them. You sort of lift them up a bit and then you let them down. You're just another person that does this. So Yeah, I learned a lot of lessons through my youth working days, and working with volunteers and things like that has taught me a lot about how you treat other people, how you respond, and what you say to other people means a lot, especially if you have a position of authority. Yeah. It can make or break people, so… Yeah, that's probably been a big thing and learn, you know, that's a field where I've learned a lot, you know. And and I mean, young people, I think is Australia's asset, you know, that's our future and you just never know, you know, some of these kids you've worked with, I always say to them, you, you might be in the next PM, you might be <laughs> the next whatever, just don't give up, you know. Everyone's got the opportunity in some way. It, it's easy to say I'm an overprivileged, you know white australian kid but i've worked in a lot of indigenous communities and reason i did that because i'm i was challenged to nobody wants to go out west nobody wants to live in a town of two thousand people where you don't have uber eats and things like that <laughs> sure that's some of the reasons i challenged myself to go and do that and that's been really rewarding for me you know
1: mate it makes me really think where do you get your encouragement you know doing this this sort of work and and obviously, it's your path. Like you, you know, you you really have found a place in in this kind of field, in in all different types of businesses and communities. Where do you get your encouragement?
2: Yeah, mine, I suppose, comes a lot from support from friends. Um, I've had some some friends that you know have encouraged me over the years, and I mean, for myself personally, and I'll just name this now. You know. I lost my dad this year to suicide and it's been a crazy year where I've dealt with so many people that this has happened to and it's really easy from one side of the desk to say, you know, hey, I'm here, I'm supporting you and I never use the words I know how you feel but now it's sort of put me in that position of, wow, you know, like this actually changes your whole life. This -hmm. this affects a lot of people, not just – you know, just the person who obviously does that. And um, in my life, my dad was seen as a person that was very strong, very high capacity, dealt with a lot of issues, you know, high risk sort of stuff. And Mm -hmm. when that sort of happened this year, and unfortunately my dad was in America and with COVID, I obviously couldn't get there. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been able to, you know, do anything much with that situation other than give him some sort of a little farewell. But
1: Mm -hmm.
2: it challenged me to go – this happens to people every day. And, and you know, my dad, if it can happen to my dad, it can happen to anyone. And I, I think that's where it's taken the stigma away from suicide or mental health. And I won't stay on this subject, but mm-hmm. that's why I'm, I'm pretty passionate in my whole life to always talk about resilience, talk about, you know, we need to look out for each other and i'm telling you like my encouragement and the people that have encouraged me because i you know i spent a few weeks in my caravan thinking do i really need to drive the coulomb? do i really need to bother with my situations at work and um a few good mates who have obviously been through a similar setup have gone mate you got to get in the car you got to drive to work you've got to just take the next step it'll be okay you know you're gonna have your ups and downs and Yeah, I'm thankful that's one of my best friends, Jason, was probably one of the people that's encouraged me the most because he also lost his dad to suicide when we were younger. And he's the guy that I took in. He lived at my house and I supported him through some of that. And and I wouldn't have done it to the best that I should have. But now I really, truly understand what that was like for him you know in some degree i'm lucky i'm a 47 year old guy you know Mm -hmm. i'm going to celebrate my birthday this weekend and it's father's day so it's a bit of a weird week for me but i just really encourage anyone out there if you're not feeling great um it gets said all the time but that's what i think's really good about our caravan community and our camping community we've all got this love of nature we've got this love of the great outdoors and I, I walk across the campsites all the time and campfires because I know what it's like for people who don't have anyone and get lost a bit on the road. And I just think if you can just say, g'day, and how you going? It's funny, I get caught all the time talking to people because I, I probably ask open-ended questions, but it's not because I'm trying to pry, but I just want to encourage people because I often see a lot of people and then I realise, hmm, they're not here or something's happened and... Geez I wish I had a said something so yeah. yeah that's that's probably where that drive comes from mate
1: mate look our as you know we we've had this uh discussion over the phone and uh our hearts really were hurting for you and and for both uh, Katie and I not having experienced that in our own personal lives we we can't imagine w- what that was yeah. like for you uh the thing that seems to have stood out to us is how your openness to talk about it is so key to giving somebody else in Mm -hmm. that situation a step toward that, again, that community and and understanding they're not alone. Mm. And I think that is what has blown Katie and I away from that very first campsite was that the very first thing that happened to us, we hadn't even got the awning out and the guy next door walked over with two beers and said to me, where you're from. (laughs) I mean, you know, unfortunately for my waistline, that's happened quite a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't have too much willpower, unfortunately. I'm the same, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it did make me think when you were talking there though, Tofty, somebody recently said to us, you know, the best thing about a campfire at night is when you've got everybody sitting around having a discussion. It doesn't matter, you might have the CEO of Zone RV, and you might have somebody who's, you know, receiving benefits and and living in the back of their van and all the different versions of in between that you can find. And at the end of the day, you're all the same person sitting around the campfire, having a discussion, enjoying the same things. And I just love that. Love that,
2: yeah. Yeah. Look, I think that's something that our, you know, I live in, um, I've just moved to Koolham. I'm sitting here like five metres from the beach, basically. Wow. But where I live in St. George, little community, you know, we've got a lot of Indigenous and something I've learnt from working with Indigenous people, one of the beauties of a campfire is it's you can enter at any point, you know, like <laughs> I love like circles because you can just come and go, you mm-hmm. know, as you please. And, that's something that i found. I don't go around, you know, you've just sort of said that. I don't go around saying too much of who or what I am, and often I'll have conversations with people, and it happens a lot at work. I, I took some, just to give you an instance, yesterday I took some parts back to our big storehouse, and the guy was asking me, you know, what are you doing, mate? Who are you? Whatever. And I just said, oh, I'm just, you know, work for our organisation, Here's these bits. You can't just come down here and give these bits. Who do you think you are? <laughs> and the guy next to him said, "Oh, that's actually our CEO." <laughs> I was like, "Ah, oh, mate, it's all good. You don't, you know, I'm not anything special. I'm, I'm not doing the process." So, right. You, you just got to treat. I think others how you want to be treated, and something that I'm pretty passionate. Like I've spoke to all our. We've got 170 staff. I've spoke to every one of them to say. This is what's happened in my life. This is what I don't want to see happen in all of your lives. And the one thing I think we can all help each other is, you know, make sure we're communicating, make sure if you need help, we've got it here for you. So we're involved with trading mutt and organisations like that where we can have counsellors and things available to our workplace. And one of the key things that we've brought in is everyone here matters, whether it's our customers, whether it's our customers that we get our you know, gear off or whether it's, you know, our actual customers as far as, you know, the people who buy our vans, everyone matters, everyone, you know, deserves a opportunity to share or whatever. So that's probably one of the big things in our industry over the time that hasn't um, always been there. It's, you know, sometimes customer experience isn't great mm-hmm. and, and that's including the business I'm involved with. We, we don't get it right all the time, but that's the sort of change that i'm trying to introduce and bring and hopefully holistically through the whole business that everyone here does matter the way we treat each other matters the way you can encourage or discourage someone matters so it's challenging but it's all good
1: mate look they uh they couldn't have landed a a more perfect person for the role over there at, at zone rv and uh i actually left it out of the uh The backstory there, mate, it's a a recent appointment for you into that role. And as soon as Katie and I found out, we were like, wow, that is perfect. Because all of those things that you've experienced, it's like joining the dots, isn't it? You know, you've you've had this amazingly full life and then you've had all of this experience Mm. that in effect didn't even have to have anything to do with the caravanning industry. And all of those experiences brought together though allow you to do exactly what we've just spoken about you know bring the you matter focus to an industry that we believe is in desperate need of it you know whether that's from manufacturing production or customer service it actually all needs a a good touch up on on exactly that
2: i think the other thing i'd encourage you guys and anyone out there listening today is Something that I experienced, I rolled a camper trailer on the Starkey track in the middle of Cape York. Wow. I had myself and my eight-year-old son. So imagine that. And it was that night. There was fires all around, and we were trying to get through this Indigenous land. You know, we weren't supposed to camp there overnight and had this accident. We're only doing five kilometres an hour on the trailer. I was downhill, turning very sharp, and it had a few little – Niggles where it probably was a little bit overloaded on the front, being, you know, a little bit inexperienced, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, my son and I, you know, it rolled over. We had to self-rescue, all this sort of stuff. No phone reception, obviously. Mm. Really challenging times. But I'm one of those people I just said, mate, I don't care what it takes. We're getting this bad boy back up and we're gonna sleep in it tonight and we're gonna get out of here. Which we did, you know, probably at midnight or one o'clock in the morning after wow. about three hours. What I learned from that, I I posted up on a social media page that I followed and a guy that I'd never met before from a, you know, never knew him, he said, mate, I know you're online. It seems like you're an okay guy. Basically, pulling at my place, I'll look after you, basically feed. It was basically a good Samaritan story. Mm -hmm. I pulled in his place thinking, who's this guy? I'll probably get murdered or something. You know, (laughs) me being me, I was a bit nervous, you know. I pulled in there, had this great meal, I got out all my like Snow Peak gear, I cooked him up a meal, this guy now, he has a lot of that sort of stuff and it just created a friendship and like, I'll never forget what he did for me. Now, people often say social media and all these groups are a waste of time and you actually feel more isolated. Well, I can tell you, I've got a community of people across Australia through these forums and platforms that... I could go anywhere in Australia, I reckon, and I'd find someone who's got that similar synergy Mm -hmm. and they would look after you, nurture you, whatever you needed right across Australia. And that's pretty powerful, isn't it? It's Amazing. Yeah, so that's why I encourage you guys. Sometimes you'll think that what are we doing and we're talking to a camera that nobody's listening (laughs) for. But, you know, I know myself, when I was going through some ugly times and I would often send you a picture of me in my van by myself watching your Um, episode on a Sunday night, but that was just a good little thing for me that was, you know, a weekly routine, and I feel like I I know you. Even before I met you, everyone just needs, I think, to feel some part of some community, Mm -hmm. and if we can do that and we, you know, lessen people's isolation, I think that's the key to obviously through COVID and all these things that are coming trying to divide people. I just think that's where Australia is still pretty cool. And like I say, I can travel the outback and I recently went to Big Red Bash, you know, 10,000 people. Everyone's all from different backgrounds from high end lawyers to, you know, people just digging holes and, and nobody's seemed to me and my, and the way I view people looked at anyone any differently. And mm-hmm. I just love that community, you know, for some people, that's not what they like, but. You know that's what I'm passionate about. And I've lived Metro and I've lived in small communities because where I live at the moment in St. George is two and a half thousand people. but that's probably the place I felt the most community to the point when I was <laughs> youth wow. working. I could pull in and get fuel and people would pay for my fuel because they recognised <laughs> I was doing stuff for their
0: kids. Mm, wow. Isn't that or so people, powerful? people would
2: drop beers off at my house or <laughs> meat or all sorts of things. So I'm telling you in Australia, community is still alive and well and there's a lot of good people and I think sometimes we just don't get enough of those stories out there and it's a bit of what like you guys are doing. You know, the feel-good family is all about those things and – I. I I just think that's a really positive influence that's happening across our communities and the more we have of that we'd be a better country for Jasper and for yeah you know, my three kids to come into.
0: Yeah, you're right and it is all about the kids. We've certainly noticed that tofty travelling with Jasper who's only 4 but exposing him to those situations and opportunities to meet and connect with other people. At four, he now is so confident to have a yarn with, you know, we actually have to like drag him away now from chatting Mm -hmm. to other adults and, and being comfortable in any situation. So, he's had that that exposure. And I think you're right, it is so important. This is our future, these younger generations. So getting yeah. them out and, and immersing them in this, I mean, it's a win-win, isn't it? It's it's community, it's back to basics, it's out in nature. It's the perfect storm for creating, you know, this next generation that will hopefully continue to lead this country in the right direction.
2: Definitely. And I think us as an industry and the caravans and the camping four-wheel drive industry we're getting smarter about our waste we're getting smarter about looking after the place we're getting better at understanding indigenous culture we're getting better at um, all these things probably where we are lacking and and something i'd put out there is probably education you know it's Mm -hmm. funny that we get so many new green we call them green rv people and they're coming into the industry and they've obviously previously done international travel and now because of COVID, they're obviously vanning and things like that. And mm. I've seen some posts the last few weeks about the Gib River Road and people complaining that they didn't realise there was no Wi Fi, didn't realise there <laughs> wasn't five star resorts. And <laughs> um and I, but I think that's very small in number. And I think we just have to be careful sometimes. I think these people would have great experiences as long as they're educated. Yes. And one of the key issues is driver, you know, training, there's also, you know, just setting up and we're going through this ourselves, making sure we actually, because we don't do this, but we need better educational videos on all facets of camping because that'll make or break your experience. As you guys know, if you yeah. fall into the trap of a bad experience, it it, it can turn you away and you might have missed out on some of the greatest things that you guys could have done as a family.
1: That is so true. And we even talk about that. Uh, rolling into a, a rural town or, you know, that that frontline person, that first experience, you know, it's like stubbing your toe when you get out of bed, you, your day just seems to go like that, you know. Yeah, so, you know, something Katie and I always have said is that you take yourself with you. And yep. <laughs> it really is that idea that, you know, you can be in any situation or or, or any environment and, you uh, how, how you react or respond is is really can make the difference to your own time but also other people's, you know. It's like when you squeeze an orange, what do you get, you know, orange juice and when you squeeze yourself, you know, you get squeezed what comes out and so I think that what we have really discovered and we've been talking about this now is we lived in a house and an apartment, you know, in, in a major sort of you know, vibrant metropolitan city of the Gold Coast and spoke to our neighbour, I think twice in 12 months, yeah. you wow. know. And uh, and then our first camping experience, you know, <laughs> I'm handed a beer from a complete stranger. Um, We got stuck in COVID in Tassie and four months later, you know, we've drunk all these people's wine and we're best mates, you know, but they took us into their driveway and they didn't even know us. But, nah, it's brilliant, isn't it? But we met him at a campground mm. a weekend before. Uh, so, so this this idea of people um, and the community thriving and being well and truly alive in Australia, I think you're spot on, you know, and, and the more we can get people into this environment, the better.
2: Definitely, and that's my encouragement to any families or you know, it's a, it is a risk when you step out, especially if you've got children like yourselves and you start travelling and you've got to educate them and, you know, people worry then about the market with housing and all sorts of – there's so many things, you know, obviously. But I I feel like there's been a bit of a switch in Australian culture with this, you know, we used to just try and get our house saved, pay your mortgage off and then retire and, you know, sit back and, I just see so many people that are elderly that are probably looking for something, a challenge. They want to be useful. They want to do things. And that's what I love when I travel around. I I just always, my wife says every time I'll go walking through caravan parks and get lost for a couple of hours because I'll meet someone or some old guy mm-hmm. or have a chat and tell me his story. And it's just something that I suppose I'm passionate about. It's just making sure – People feel connected in some way, and, and that's what little caravan parks do.
1: That That is so true. Hey, mate, you, you mentioned your family and, and, and uh, certainly growing up with those three kids and, and being out there. Did you create any traditions that you as a family will continue on through camping?
2: Uh, well, we did for a while. I know you tapped your forks. Um, yes. we used to go back to one of my favorite spots I grew up in Bundaberg as I said there's a place called Kincuna National Park and right on the beach and we camped there as a family for probably 10 or 15 years but it's funny my kids are like dad we're done with that place now <laughs> I'm sure when we another two or three years or five years down the track I guarantee you that we'll all be back or they'll get the um, their kids or whatever. It's just funny. Like, they're like, oh, you took us to this place. There was no internet. There was no yeah. – <laughs> but we can all remember some of the best times because you actually had to sit down. And my kids are passionate about playing games and stuff, and I'm terrible with games. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's probably about the only tradition that we do. We're um, – I don't know, because my wife and I moved away from our families and We've sorta of had to you know, we've always been I don't know, risk takers in a way, or probably more so me. I'm I'm always up for a challenge. So I've sort of moved around a bit and obviously with that too, you can and you can create community, you can lose community. But right I've been very good at recreating it wherever I go, I suppose. And and I've met so many friends and I don't begrudge anyone not moving or leaving home, but for me I've met so many people. By stepping out and going to new places, which I'll never regret, you know, because now I've got a, a vast array of metropolitan friends, I've got a vast array of rural friends, and you can imagine I have to change my conversations about certain political parties.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you might you might be things. PM one day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Don't think so, but. Um, I don't have aspirations to do that, but I, <laughs> nah. I definitely want to see the place change. And, and I hope that we, and I think we are, we, we'll leave it better than we found it, you know, because I know even me saying what I said about my situation 15, 20 years ago, no one would have talked about it. It would have been a shameful thing. And mm. to me, it's just that's today's reality. And I, I think we're richer because we're actually more open and honest. Mm-hmm. So that's
1: yeah.
0: where I'm at with it. It is a great point, I think. Anything outside of your comfort zone really does stretch you and and yield so many benefits and probably Mm. a lot that you don't even really realise are happening until much later down the track. Okay, I am dying to know. Paul and I have just celebrated. Okay, I'm dying to know. Paul, Jasper, and I have just celebrated two years full-time on the road, Tofty, and we've done a series of YouTube episodes that have showcased our favourite destinations and our favourite experiences around Australia. You, being a lover of all things camping and caravanning, what are some of your favourite destinations to camp at or take your family to around this country of ours?
2: Yeah, well... I call it the U-Camp with my backyard at St. George. I live on the <laughs> Line River. Right. it It rates as one of the highest for me. Like I get so many people across Australia, we call it the U-Camp drop in there. So I've got a bit of an open, which I can put out on your forum. On our zoners page, anyone from there can drop in and have a night or two on our backyard. Wow. And uh, it's a pretty unique place on the river. My friends have got a barbie barge and... Yeah, it's pretty cool. So that's a, a, a U camp at St. George uh, where I told you that other spot at Kinkuna National Park. Mm-hmm. It's just a pretty special place for me because I grew up at Bagara mm-hmm. and Alloway, two areas in Bundaberg. Uh, when I was a kid, I had the opportunity with my brother. That's where our adventure sort of life started. I've got a, a half-brother who's nine years older than me, and we went up to Kakadu, mm-hmm. and that was a pretty unique place that I thought was pretty unique, very different, probably the first time I was exposed to different cultures as well. And I really I love all that Northern Territory. And and last but not least would be Cape York. I love the Mm. iconicness of heading up there. I took my son up there, you know, that journey of it's just, I don't know, it was one of the best adventures I've had, just going to the tip of Australia. There's just something unique something special and iconic about doing that and i challenge any aussie who's a real camper make your way up there at some stage during your life because it's just i don't know it's just unique and we're we're so blessed and encouraged hey to be queenslanders to have that in our backyard
1: perfect mate that is That is so true. Queenslander. All yeah, right.
0: <laughs> well, Queensland. you've just uh, just added a few more to our bucket list, <laughs> so uh, we'll have to start ticking those off, I think, Paul.
1: Hey, mate, before we let you go, uh, I had one more question. We have seen a massive leap in the caravanning industry over the last, you know, 15, 20 years. All you have to do is, you know... Google the the eighties and nineties of van life and and look at the changes and the improvements through manufacturing and production and and all of those things. What do you think is the next step? Where do you think this industry needs to go or is heading?
2: Yeah, look, I think the big challenge will be weight, the weight of vans. Mm-hmm. We're going to go obviously to electric cars, mm-hmm. which will have more of an impact how far you can go or can't go. So weight is going to be the challenge for a lot of caravan manufacturers to to build something to that quality to the take to destinations that people want to go to and to be able to do that efficiently and I think Mm -hmm. in the past we've seen everyone out there and it's no mistake of anyone's but you know we just keep loading things in so Mm
1: -hmm.
2: we've done a lot of research I know for us as a company that's where we're headed but I'm sure others will be on the same journey and trajectory. That's that's going to be the big challenge is to – everyone wants so much more than what they used to, but weight will be the challenge. So new products, new exciting things to work with and concepts. And, yeah, I'm pretty excited, obviously, about where that's going to go and that's sort of why I'm involved with the company I am because we want to be at the forefront of that. So. That's wow. what excites me.
1: I think it's such an exciting world to be in because you've got these new products that will need to be created and designed, clashing in there with technology and improvements, as you said, you know, with the way we power right. things. So it's uh, it's it's going to be a pretty exciting future, particularly for our little one, Jasper, to see what happens. Yeah,
2: oh, it can be mind-blowing, you know, the fact mm. that even what you're doing now and all of us when we go off-grid, compared to when I grew up with a you know, gas candle thing and light. It was just crazy when I look back, and that's why it was a nightmare. And for all the mums out there or for any of the ladies, I can understand 100% why you never wanted to go camping because it was, you know, a hideous adventure. But um, it's all getting better and and more accessible. And, yeah, and I think as long as we're respectful and people are doing the right thing, I'm sure we can do this a lot better and for a lot longer, so –
1: Awesome. Well, mate, it has been an absolute pleasure to have a chat with you this morning. And I know Katie and I both are really looking forward to actually catching up with you in person, hopefully soon, totally. and, and toast your, your new success and, and the future.
0: No Come and give that hip camp property of yours a run. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're welcome anytime.
1: Cheers, mate. Thanks again.
2: All right. Have a great day, guys.
1: Well, there you go. That was so fantastic to have Tofty, Adrian Toft, on our show. And as we mentioned, we're really looking forward to having some more guest speakers coming up in the next few months. I think the the main thing that we really you know, can take away from our relationship with Adrian and, and certainly from our chat this morning is if you're out there, do feel encouraged. You know, you don't need to see the whole staircase. Just take that first step, find yourself on those forums, you know, join those groups, ask the questions. The only silly question we've always said is the one that you don't ask. Mm. You know.
0: Yeah, that's right, Paul. And look, I think if that conversation doesn't make you want to get out there in some shape or form, whether that's with your swag or whether that's with your RV, I don't know what will.
1: (laughs) And we hope that we're going to run into you out there on the road someday soon as well. Well, for now, dream big, look after yourself, look after your family.
0: And happy trails.